Michael, what do you miss about 2022? Oh, man. I guess it's already February, isn't it? Um, <laughs> in some ways, 2022 doesn't feel like that long ago. But then again, many ways, it feels like it was ages ago. At least the beginning of 2022 compared to 2023. I, I don't know. What have I missed? Well, let's see. Does anything in particular stand out to you? Um... Well, I suppose I missed the hope. Like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> kind of kidding. But uh, getting back to early 2022, it still feels like it was all good times, didn't it? Like that feeling is sort of just gone away. I, I don't know. I think that's what I miss. I miss most is that that hope of a full recovery. All right. Well, that kind of makes me feel a little sad if I'm being honest. But but I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. There's a lot to like about what's ahead in 2023. I know we'll get out of this funk, but it, it never lasts forever. That is true. That is true. Okay. Well, sorry. You missed the good times and uh, that makes sense. And honestly, a part of that feeling of the good times, at least in the world of tech, well, that's sort of what this episode is going to be all about, because one of the hot topics of 2022, well, some people say it was a product of the good times, and in the opinion of some, it's now starting to fade away. Okay, that is? NFTs. Oh, yeah. NFTs. Non-fungible tokens. Still a thing? I, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> no, I mean, kidding. hey, it, it is still a thing. It's it's a much different thing than it was at this point last year, for sure. But yes, still a thing for, for now anyway. But, but a lot has changed over the past year. I mean, we've seen blue chip projects turn to, I don't know, what do you call it? White chip projects? I don't know. Does that even make any sense? Um, <laughs> anyway, other projects have faded away completely. The valuations in general... Well, you can guess what's happened there. Yeah, and what about some of the projects we've talked about before in like our Web3 series, right? From like almost a year ago, Tiltcoin, Cameo Pass, that Mickey Metal NFT. Yeah, we're gonna get into all of it, Michael. We'll talk about whatever happened to NFTs here on today's episode of Rocketship.fm right after we roll this intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. But before we get into everything, let's hear from some of our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. 
AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from OneTrust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the OneTrust team for their support. Okay, Michael, NFTs. So much has changed over the past year in the world of NFTs, right? Yes, it really has. We saw the buildup of what became a pretty crazy NFT hype train start to happen. I'd say especially the beginning of 2022, although you can make an argument that the hype was building even before that, you know, especially in the fall 2021, but it really reached its peak in the middle of 2022. Yes, many NFT projects reached our all-time high right in the middle of 2022 with things really starting to crash alongside the rest of crypto in late 2022. Um, for the projects that stuck around, their value today is likely a fraction of what it was in, say, you know, May 2022. Yeah. And that's if they stuck around, right? Many of them simply haven't. Yeah. So what happened? Well, first, let's rewind back even before 2022. Let's go back to May of 2014, when artist Kevin McCoy put a piece of artwork up on the Namecoin blockchain. It was the first piece of artwork put on chain, making it really the first ever NFT. Here's Kevin at NFT NYC in 2021 talking about that moment in time. I'm a digital artist and a media artist and have worked in the, in the, in the, in the art world, the fine art world, art world of museums and galleries. Uh, and that's gone okay. But um, myself, my friends, everybody at that time was struggling with how to really fit into the market systems that were, that were prevalent you know, at the time. No one, people collect paintings, they don't collect media. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, the, the story, you know, kind of begins there, but then also first learning about Bitcoin in, in, in 2012, um, you know, in the whole kind of crazy, incredible system that Satoshi put together where you've got the source code, you can download it, you can look at it, you can run it, you've got the database, everyone's got the database, everything is there, it's all out in the open, everybody has everything, but I can still own my Bitcoin and you can still own your, your Bitcoin. It's ubiquitous, but it's scarce at the same time. And so for me, 
I'm a digital artist and I'm thinking that needs to work for art. That can work for digital artists. It can be out and shared and in the public where everyone wants it to be, but there can be something held back, something that can be owned. Um, and so in, in 2013 was thinking about that and thinking about that and all the, all, at that time all the conversations were happening in um, Bitcoin talk forum, this kind of very small and kind of very peculiar kind of place. Um, all the same drama, believe me, the drama has not changed, but it's, uh, you know, it was <laughs> just, just one URL where it all lived. Um, uh, and, and, and so that's where those, these kind of conversations started. Um, and, and that led to eventually in, in, um, in that spring, uh, kind of figuring out a mechanism for, you know, kind of for how it works. But it wasn't really until 2017 when the first true blue chip project launched in the NFT space. The project that really set the wheels in motion for the NFT craze of 2021, and at least in the first half of 2022. The project? CryptoPunks. Yes, it was June 2017 when CryptoPunks was launched by the Larva Lab Studio, a two-person team of Canadian software developers Matt Hall and John Watkinson. The project was inspired by the London punk scene and the cyberpunk movements, but really it was this project that became an inspiration for so many future NFT projects and the modern crypto art movement in general. When launched, many of the initial crypto punks were purchased for less than $100. But after the NFT craze was in full fever pitch, you couldn't get your hands on one unless you were shelling out hundreds of thousands of dollars. Even today, the floor's pretty much set at over $100,000. That's to purchase one crypto punk. When you talk about blue chip NFT projects, CryptoPunks was really the OG blue chip project. And there were more to follow. Board 8 Yacht Club launched in April of 2021. V Friends by Gary Vaynerchuk launched in May of 2021. Cool Cats, the NFTs, launched in July of 2021. While the concept of NFTs has been around for years, 2021 was really the year where things took off big time. There are even projects launched like this one. As any uh, red-blooded American, I'm. If there's an opportunity, I want to seize seize it. And if there's an opportunity to get rich off farts, uh, I'd be crazy not to jump on that. At the same time, I can't help but revel in the fact that somebody might pay actual money for not even a fart, the idea of a fart. That was Brooklyn-based film director Alex Ramirez Malice talking with the New York Post about his latest NFT project, a fart, or rather, the idea of a fart. <laughs> which he actually sold for $85. Because why not buy a fart for $85, right? Seriously, what was the world thinking back then? Anyway, 2021, definitely a major year for NFTs and Web3 in general. And the first half of 2022 as well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we saw more blue chip NFT projects launch like Azuki, for example. Uh, we started to see individual NFTs sell for not just thousands of dollars, but thousands of ETH, meaning millions of dollars. In December 2021, the merge sold for a total of over $90 million. Although it was to multiple people. So if you want to consider the largest single NFT sale, that was probably every day, the first 5,000 days, a piece by people. That sold earlier in 2021 for nearly $70 million. Several crypto punks have sold for over $5 million. There was a lot of froth in 2021 and early 2022. To some, they felt a bubble, right? Might be coming. And one person who sort of predicted the NFT bubble would burst soon is somebody who perhaps was still one of its biggest champions. And who's that? Gary Vaynerchuk. Here's Gary on the Outer Realm podcast all the way back in 2021. 
Eric, I think the biggest responsibility for people that care mm -hmm. during this era is getting everybody to understand it's Internet 2000. The NFT space is forever and going to be incredible. Huge. The next 24 months has the potential to be uncomfortably volatile yeah. with a very high likelihood of a substantial bubble burst from a project level, yeah. leaving 92 to 97% of things worth a lot less than you paid for it, but leaving three to 8% of being probably down a little or down some with 17 years from now, it being through the fucking roof. And yeah. that is the that to me is the sum up of what's gonna happen in the yeah. short term. It's super interesting to hear Gary Vee compare NFTs to the internet in 2000. And especially saying that 95% of the projects that exist will likely fail. And even the great projects will probably end up going down in the next two years, which in that point in time, it's 2022, 2023. Yeah, you wouldn't expect to hear that kind of prediction from somebody like Gary Vee, but it's kind of what's happening now, right? Because in mid-2022, the bubble pretty much burst. More on that burst after a quick break. So before the break, we talked about the explosion of NFTs that 2021 and the beginning of 2022 saw. It was wild times. But every good party has to come to an end. The greater crypto market really topped out in the spring of 2022. On April 3rd, one ETH was valued at over $3,500 USD. Just two and a half months later, the same ETH coin was down to less than $1,000. That's a 70% decrease. Yeah, it may have been summer, but crypto was entering a very long winter. Here's a segment from Bloomberg titled Crypto IRL. It only took a few months, but more than $2 trillion in crypto wealth was wiped out. We're talking wreckage that was far and wide here. Yeah, we got the billionaires on one side, but we got everyday people who lost their life savings. We saw currencies collapse. There were mass layoffs at companies, and some of these companies were once valued at billions of dollars declared bankruptcy. So what happened? Well, there was the collapse of this so-called algorithmic stablecoin. And what that did is it set off this chain reaction that brought one of the best known crypto hedge funds to its knees. We got to go back to May to understand what really happened here. The collapse of Terra USD. This is an algorithmic stablecoin and it once topped the charts. Now, it, it's not exactly clear what set off the slump in demand for UST, but then we saw this death spiral and it knocked UST off its $1 peg. Think about this as like the crypto equivalent of a bank run. Yeah, that $1 peg was always meant to stay at $1. People treated it like a digital version of a dollar bill, so to speak. It wasn't meant to be volatile. It wasn't meant to be speculated on and go up and down. But once that death spiral happened, people started pulling out their money as fast as they could. Thus, the bank run that they referenced. Yes, and the crypto market was already starting to fall. When this happened, it just made people feel even less secure and the crypto market started to fall even faster. Yeah, and carnage started to happen at all levels. Big hedge funds that were heavily invested in cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ether, some of them went under, like Three Arrows Capital, for instance. Let's go to the CNBC segment discussing what was happening a few months back. 
So the crypto market is falling apart right now, Frank, and the latest casualty is Voyager Digital. Voyager's big announcement today comes just a few days after the once very prominent crypto hedge fund, Three Arrows Capital, defaulted on a loan to Voyager worth more than $670 million. Now, at the time, Voyager said, hey, no problem. Alameda Ventures has already committed to $500 million in financing. We're all good, but clearly that wasn't enough to keep things running as usual. And so the fallout from the forced liquidation of Three Arrows Capital, or 3AC as it's also called, has begun. So Three Arrows Capital goes under, and then that impacts brokerages like Voyager Digital. Three Arrows ends up defaulting on a loan, and so, I don't know, you can see the dominoes, right? Yeah, and did I hear in that report that they were being saved by Alameda Ventures? <laughs> yep, Alameda Ventures, an arm of Alameda Research, which of course was tied to FTX and We've done full episodes on the collapse of FTX, which happened later in 2022, and Alameda Research was all tied into that collapse. Okay, so what does all of this have to do with NFTs, though? Well, the sentiment of the crypto market is really directly tied to the NFT market. When there are uncertainties in the crypto market, the most impacted assets are the ones that are the most risky. And if you look at NFTs, as well as like altcoins, because sort of what they are, the masses who were just starting to warm up to NFTs, they're seeing all of this chaos happening in the broader crypto market, and they start pulling out of literally everything, really, including NFTs. Well, okay, that makes sense. All right, let's go back to some of those blue chip NFT projects, the best of the best. And many of those, they're around, right? They're still here. There was a lot of volatility, and the average sales have gone down, but the big NFT projects are still big NFT projects. If you want to buy CryptoPunk at the beginning of 2022, you would have been paying 73 ETH. By August of 2022, you could buy one for just 38 ETH. Of course, just 38 ETH. That's still $67,000. At least that's what it was uh, as of August of 2022. That's a significant amount of money. It is. It is. But at the beginning of 2022, that average CryptoPunk would have been around $288,000. So it's a massive reduction in overall value, both in terms of it being less ETH, but also the fact that the value of one ETH has been dramatically reduced from that time till now. Very true. Other blue chip NFTs saw a similar fate too. In April, the average Board 8 Yacht Club sold for $461,000. By mid-November, the average sale was about 85. Yeah, these are 75 to 80% losses. Uh, very, very dramatic. Yeah. Another project that we've talked about here on Rocket Ship is Cool Cats, actually. In in April, one Cool Cat could be bought for $42,000. Now, it's nowhere near to what like Bored Ape and CryptoPunks would go for, but it's still 42 grand. Like for a digital piece of art, by most people's standard, that's a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. But by mid November, one cool cat was valued at over $2,600. That's a 93% loss, which is not very cool at all, I might add. <laughs> no, no. One other big factor that goes into the price of these NFT projects beyond the greater crypto sentiment is what's going on in the day-to-day -day with a particular project, too. For cool cats, for example, within the community, there was talk about what utility could be launched in the future. For the utility that was launched, some people weren't I don't know, they weren't so happy with it. So when things like this happen, sentiment about that specific project worsens and people aren't willing to pay a premium to get in. 
Yeah, and the problem here is that many projects, well, they ended up being in limbo, uh, particularly NFT projects on the Solana ecosystem. A lot of them crashed hard, mostly due to the FTX collapse. It seemed like 2022 just happened to be the same year where NFTs would boom and then subsequently bust. Yeah, just like Gary V predicted. Although not everybody was souring on NFTs. There was one project <laughs> launched at the end of 2022, which sort of came out of nowhere. Oh, are you talking about Trump digital trading cards? Here's a segment <laughs> from Yahoo Finance. The crypto collapse does not appear to be worrying one major celebrity. Former President Donald Trump launching his own NFT collection. Trump fans will be able to collect limited edition Trump digital trading cards. And Trump being Trump, he shot a commercial for it. Listen. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. You can collect your Trump digital cards just like a baseball card or other collectibles. <laughs> the cards will cost $99 and you can pay for it with a credit card or crypto. I apologize for the, for the laughter. This is not about politics. That just appeared like a parody ad, but it is real. Oh, it was very real. And the collection actually sold out in one day, netting Trump over four and a half million dollars. And Honestly, it actually is one of the few NFTs that I've seen consistently go up from the time it launched until now. It's actually at an all-time high right now, which is, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even want to think about it. I need a break. <laughs> uh, you know what, Michael? Let's take a break. And I'll tell you what, when we're back, we're going to revisit some of the projects that we talked about in our Web3 season and think about where all this is heading next. Before the break, we covered the rise and fall. Or, or maybe crash might be a better way to describe it. Fair enough. The rise and crash of the NFT world, which all happened in 2022, with a couple of years to build up beforehand. And that crash was induced in part by, well, many things, including the broader distrust and uncertainties in the crypto market, as well as a fear of the project simply packing it in because of major crypto meltdowns like Luna and FDX taking away their funding. Yeah, it's a much different situation than it was, say, a year ago when we actually ran an entire season here on Rocketship.fm about Web3 projects. And we should revisit some of these projects. So let's go back and talk about some of the companies we focused on in that season. And we may as well start from the beginning. Mike, in episode one, you received your very first NFT and it came from The Tilt. What's come of The Tilt and your NFT for that matter? Well, I do still have that NFT. Actually, I used it to attend the Creator Economy Expo last year in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, my NFT actually gave me a lifetime pass to that conference, which, which is pretty cool. And, and I can't make it this year. So if anybody wants a pass to CEX, uh, let me know. You can email me at mike at productcollective.com. Might as well make good use of my NFT. Um, you could check out details at cex.events. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was a cool event. But our friend Jay Klaus was actually one of the speakers. And, and we had a good time and learned a lot attending. Okay, so all is well with the tilt. Yes, although, um, you know, I, I don't know what that NFT is necessarily selling for anymore these days. But uh, and the Tilt actually had a coin of its own aside from that NFT. They called it the Tilt coin. Now, it wasn't really a coin like Bitcoin or Ethereum, but it was a social coin that was offered on the Rally.io platform. 
Unfortunately, though, as of January 31st, Rally.io shut down. CEO Rob Collier made a statement that said, As most of you are aware, 2022 was a challenging year not only for the platform, but for the entire crypto industry. The team has worked relentlessly to find a path forward. However, the challenges and macro headwinds are too overwhelming to overcome in the current environment. We will begin to sunset the platform as of today's date due to a lack of ongoing support. Well, that's not good news for the creators that have built their social tokens on the rally sidechain. I guess one more casualty of these tumultuous times. Yes, definitely. So moving on, uh, the next episode we covered was was on Solana Labs. You know, we talked about a lot of uh, Solana-based projects. Yeah, and these last few months really hasn't been good for anything with the word Solana in it. The Solana coin today is priced around $25. It's a far cry from uh, nearly the end of 2021 when the coin peaked at $250. So that's solid 90% decrease. Yeah, a big part of the decrease in value was its affiliation with FTX. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried was a frequent supporter and champion of Solana. And while there wasn't technically a direct affiliation between Solana and FTX, uh, the implied connection in itself, uh, I don't know. I I think it's probably not been very good for Solana. Yeah, there were also five network outages throughout 2022, which also isn't good for an Ethereum alternative. But, uh, you know... What can you do? Yeah. Well, okay. We're not really starting off well here. Um, What came next that season? I'm trying to remember. All right. Well, we talked about your venture into Cameo Pass. Yes, right. Cameo Pass, uh, a Web3 project brought forward by a Web2 unicorn company in Cameo, um, which, of course, it's the platform that lets you buy video messages from your favorite celebrities. Yes. And in that episode... You got on a plane, you flew out to Los Angeles, and you attended the Cameo Pass party at the Cameo Mansion. Yeah, that is true. And you know what? It was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, Yeah, having that Cameo Pass got me access to this Cameo party, and it was in this literal mansion in Beverly Hills. I don't know if Cameo owns it or leases it or what, but it's kind of what you'd expect. I mean, this amazing house with an amazing patio and pool and... There were cabanas and beds, and the party was a lot of fun. I mean, there were people from the world of Web3 there, people like Klon, one of the creators of Cool Cats, uh, Vinny Hager, the artist behind the NFT project Letters. Um, there were different cameo celebrities like Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Uh, his real name's Christopher Donald, but I'll always know him as Shooter McGavin from uh, you know Happy Gilmore. There was uh, Stanley from The Office, uh, NFL star Cam Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun. So have you attended any more Cameo Pass parties throughout the year? I didn't, but there were more of them. There were parties in New York and Miami. Uh, In fact, in Miami, they had a cameo, if you will, from DJ Khaled and, and others. And yeah, I mean, they looked like a lot of fun. There were also several projects that the Cameo Pass team launched throughout the year. Uh, Cameo Pass holders got exclusive access to those NFT projects as well. Okay. Well, it seems like Cameo Pass is doing okay. Well. Oh, no. What? (laughs) All right. So I actually do give credit to the Web3 team at Cameo. Um, I I think they worked hard throughout the year. They mostly did what they said that they were going to do, launching these projects and uh, putting on events. But on January 31st, um, ironically, the same date as that Rally.io announcement, the team at Cameo posted something to their Discord. And actually, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it right here. It says, 
As you know, 12 months ago, we set out to build an awesome community to deliver art, events, and more. We're extremely proud of everything we've done in this short time, and it's been bringing the community together and meeting everybody in LA twice, Miami twice, London twice, Chicago, Minnesota, New York City. We launched five projects with talented artists. We built a vibrant community on Discord and Twitter. As we look ahead to the rest of 2023, we're not planning any additional events or art projects for the time being. This community is invaluable to us, so we'll keep this Discord active, continue to support the projects in some ways, and share any more updates with you all here on Twitter. Thanks for being a part of Cameo Pass. Massive thank you to the Cameo Pass co-founders. And I should add, those Cameo Pass co-founders, the Web3 team, they actually were all let go by Cameo. Ugh, well, that certainly sounds like a goodbye letter. Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like that. I mean, technically, Cameo Pass isn't shutting down, but Cameo as a company has gone through its own round of layoffs. Uh, it seems like the whole dedicated Web3 team at Cameo were the victims of the latest cuts, and I don't know. Who knows if they're going to put anything more into the project at this point? I, I don't see any reason to believe that they are going to do anything more. Yeah, that really sucks, honestly. Well... Looking at the rest of the season from the NFT perspective, we talked about the Woody's NFT project. They did release a short animated shorts on on YouTube. They were kind of interesting and pretty good. They're still certainly working on building that community up. In fact, they just recently posted a 2022 recap and a peek at 2023 on YouTube. So the value of their NFTs, while it has taken a big hit, about 90%, but again, that's kind of par for the course. I'm just glad they're still going. Yeah, I mean, and it really is par for the course. I feel like everything's gone down except, you know, the Trump digital trading cards, apparently. Dude, I can't even with that. <laughs> what is that? I, I, I'll move on. I'll move on. And uh, let's see. What What else? What else? Oh, well, we did talk about my quest to acquire the only 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle rookie NFT. Yeah, you and your buddy Steve tried to, to team up on that one, and you gave it a real shot, putting up a sizable chunk into trying to acquire that in the the mint auction yes but we did fail it, it ended up selling for 175 eth which at the time was over a half million dollars Jeez, and the value of that nft now i mean it's honestly impossible to say i mean there's only one of them and there's never been a secondary sale of it so who knows really i mean i guess you could say on one hand the value of the nft market's gone down by 90 percent. so maybe one could say it's probably gone down by 90 percent. So that would be what fifty thousand dollars but I don't know. It's it's really only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And, and nobody's even come out publicly to say that they were the ones who purchased it and owned it. So who knows? I mean, maybe they'll just sit on it for years and years to come. Yeah, I, I guess we'll have to wait on that one. That that makes sense. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, with all of that, I mean, this is going to wrap up the rest of the Web3 season. I mean, we did finish that season by talking about the Terra Luna crash, which we've already referenced here. But yeah, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat this. Nearly the entire Web3 season that we had where we covered companies, those companies have had pretty bad years last year. Yeah, and at least in the back half of 2022 and coming into 2023, it's for sure. So I don't know. What do we make of this? Well, maybe we go back to Gary V. I love him or hate him. I mean, he was one of the vocal champions of NFTs before the meteoric rise. Um, he was the one talking about how CryptoPunks was going to be a thing, and then it became a thing. Uh, on that Outer Realm podcast that we aired a clip of before, Gary Vee did go on to talk about, despite believing that 95% of NFT projects will ultimately fail, he is in it for the long term. 
I am in this space for the rest of my life yeah. on all angles. As an yeah. investor of platforms, the shovels and the picks, as a collector, flipper of the art, mm-hmm. and as a creator. So Gary V's in for the long term, even now. If anything, he's a man with conviction about his NFT space. I guess we will just have to revisit this episode, say, a year from now and see how things have progressed. All right. Well, let's do that, Michael. We'll revisit all of this in a year. Uh, but for now, we're going to have to wrap things up. So for Michael Saka, this is Mike Belsito, and you've been listening to Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network. And if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.